Hey there, Friday Night Movie fans. This is another All-Star Comic-Con special. You're going to hear interviews from three amazing different characters. First, you're going to hear from Eric, the Everyday Viking, and Kelly Montgomery, the producer of Vikings Con, and they are going to go deep on all things Vikings. Josh Crew, this interview is dedicated to you. Then you're going to hear from the amazing Jay, a.k.a. Jasmine Cosplay, a brilliant and wonderful, exquisite cosplayer. Gives us all sorts of incredible insight into that world. And then you're going to hear from Hansel, the proprietor of Crowbar Gym, where we talk all sorts of things from fitness to action stars. So sit back and enjoy another All-Star Comic-Con special. Son, the everyday Viking, Yar of the Darkwater clan. Wow. <laughs> this is amazing. And we are here at All-Star Comic-Con at the Friday Night Movie Booth with incredible experts in the world of Vikings. And uh, I really have to turn this over to my sister, Lily, because she is the number one fan of The Last Kingdom and has been talking about it non nonstop. So Lily, Kingdom, take yeah. it away. My, my newfound love of Vikings is that, and that's really what it is, it's new. I, uh, I'm your newfound love? Yes, uh, thank you. Um, you <laughs> are my now favorite Viking. Um, but I, my dad suggested I watch the show. I really know nothing about it. Um, my husband did like a DNA sort of like test to see where he came from, and he was like 12% Viking. And I was like, that's interesting. I know nothing about that culture. And that piqued my curiosity though. And then my dad was like, you gotta watch this show, The Last Kingdom. And he's like, it's very historical. And I'm like, ah, I don't know. And I was fascinated, like super fascinated by their culture. I find myself saying, I swear to the gods, like currently, like, I'm like, I feel like, I'm like, Which is oh. hilarious because we are quite monotheistic Jews in our family. Yes, but. we're definitely not Viking. Um, and, you know, and they always, and the, like you had explained to me that they, it's more of an Anglo-Saxon, um, like a Saxon, right, a right, point of yeah. view on the show. But I definitely feel like they make the Vikings look way better than the all the other people. And, right. Um, you know, in that time, I would say maybe the Christians. And so it it is really interesting because I find myself um, super fascinated by the culture and the story. And plus the, the, the acting's great, the writing's great. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I asked you if you could rate your, the, like which are the best Viking shows on TV? There's so many now. Right. Um, and what is the best one? And you had said? The Last Kingdom. Yes. So, I feel like I win. So sell me on The Last Kingdom, because I have to say, Lily's pitch to me was, if you need your fix for more Game of Thrones, watch The Last Kingdom. And I don't need more Game of Thrones. It's over. I'm glad it's over. Well, uh, I said, if you like Game of Thrones and you like Outlander, this is sort of like the two worlds meet, because there is a cool sort of 
um, romantic kind of storyline throughout. There's like really strong female characters. So there's like a bit well, of both. So why should I watch The Last Kingdom? What, what makes it great as a Viking expert? There's a lot of killing and a lot of sex. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> That's really true, though. There's way more but, but action in Last like, Kingdom than Game of Thrones. For someone like for you sure. who really understands it, there's got to, what, what hooks you in? Well, uh, again, um, like she mentioned earlier and like I told her, it's more of a story told from the point of view of an Anglo-Saxon. However, it's about someone who was born an Anglo-Saxon, adopted into a Norse culture, raised in a Norse culture, and then because his adoptive father was murdered, he's trying to avenge both his adoptive father and reclaim his family lineage of Anglo-Saxon royalty. So, so he's literally stuck between the two yeah, worlds. Yeah. Oh, okay. And this he identifies as cool. both. And and because he does not agree with the Christian viewpoints of stuff, he's an outsider but still an insider. So the Anglo-Saxons use him for his abilities to understand the Norse, and oh, he wow. really doesn't want to be a part of. Um, the Christian world. He just wants his own little area back so that he can be on his own and have a family and kids. Is it historically accurate? Is it based it's, on a particular character? I think so. S somewhat, would, yes, because yeah. the, the king, Aelfrit, that he helps, yeah, he exists, he's yeah, an historical sure. character. The Danes that they're mentioning are historical characters, and the other Norse that they're mentioning in the show are other historical characters. Whether or not Eilfrit, son, or, or not sorry, Ufrit, son of Uthrit, actually existed, I don't know. I um, heard that there's like, I read that there's like, they met several people or warriors with that name existed, yeah. and they kind of it's like an ama extra a little bit amount of amalgamation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but the king of England at that time. Well, of Wessex, it, yeah. it's not really England the way it is today. It, that person is a historical figure. Yeah. And the, the Danes are historical yeah. figures. And this is also before um, England was united. So they're mentioning all the different um, sub-kingdoms inside UK, like Mercia and all the other ones. Winchester. Yeah. Oh, and they wow. always tell yeah. you the like original That's name so and then the, yeah. the, the, yeah. the current name. All right, you see? You're a history buff. You'll you like it. You could have sold it to me this way instead of the two I, shows I, that I'm like one I, and a half times interested well, in. Well, you know. need another guy to tell you yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. it's possible. Well, my best friend Josh, who will absolutely hear this episode, he couldn't convince me either. So you, sir, you, the everyday <laughs> Viking, has done it. Okay. Um, we've talked about your favorite Viking. Which Viking representation? And I'm even including, like, wrestlers that dress like Vikings. Like, even now, I don't know if you follow wrestling, but they're these new, the Viking Raiders are, are a new WWF team. But maybe, uh, is, that WWE is that disparaging team? to the Viking Well, so I'm going to ask, what is your least favorite Viking? They were Raiders. No. Okay. Representation. My, my least favorite representation is... Um, basically Americans version of, uh, of Vikings to where all they basically did was rape, pillage, burn, and, and take what they want when they actually offered a lot more to culture than what people actually believe and understand. But even, even, even worse than that, I'd have to say from the heart, and Kelly knows, white supremacist. Really? They're my worst because they are taking an idea and totally twisting it to what That's a really lie they're believing because 
the Norse culture were actually very, very diverse and accepting of other people. Wow. Um, you found you more see, influence. You see that in, yeah, in Last, in Last Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah. Um, you, they found um, Arabic writing in, in, in actually in, in the Norse culture, and they also found Norse writing in Turkey. Oh, Graffiti wow. on one That's of the temples. Incredible. You know, and, and they actually had interaction with North Africa, everything in the Mediterranean, you know, so, so they actually did a lot more. And um, that's one of the reasons why I hooked up with Kelly because not only is she the owner of um, VikingsCon, but she's also an African-American woman. And together with us, we're portraying a better version and, so and, and, and more educational about the diversity of medieval times. Well, how, how did you get into Viking culture? So I've always been fascinated with the Viking culture, um, the Viking shows, and just medieval history. And I started off doing um, conventions for other um, cultures, like the Spartans, uh, the Spartans. So when I when Vikings came on, I thought, let me do a convention based on Vikings. But I was kind of happy apprehensive just because of the white supremacists but I do have to say I haven't experienced any of That's that so good. people have been very open and when they find out that I am of color and that I'm doing this they're more open and they help me spread the word and Eric has been so knowledgeable and just he's just been awesome throughout throughout what this a whole great thing. duo yeah like, great team yeah, that's a great, yeah. That's a great he makes me feel comfortable coming out and you know just doing these uh, events and meeting people of color they tell me all the time that now they've always liked the Viking, the history and the culture. Now they feel comfortable. They find an event that they can actually be a part of. That, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, one thing I so one thing I love about Comic Cons is how diverse, very and diverse, how accepting and inclusive. I mean, and inclusive, exactly. And and when you talk about inclusive, it is not just inclusive in terms of your color of your skin. It's inclusive in terms yeah. of your orientation, your hobbies, your yeah. Whatever your stuff you're dealing with, I feel like at, a, at, at these Comic-Cons, especially All-Star, which is like a family, everybody yeah. is accepted and everybody can kind of let their personal flag fly. Exactly. As long as it's one that in, has space for everybody else, mm -hmm. right? Like yep. you don't have to agree with everybody else, but you got to have right. space for other people. Um, so being a con organizer, yeah. right, give us a little insight what are some of the little tidbits you've picked up about all-star that you find very good as a con organizer you're like oh no that's 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 some pro stuff happening here yeah you know I really like the way the organizers of all-star are at the front of their conventions you see them they're they're opening up the events they're talking to people they're participating in a lot of the programs for me I, I kind of try to be a little bit more behind the scenes but this is getting me to understand that they want to see the face behind it like who is making you know all their dreams come true who are helping them to like meet friends from across the world who share the same genre absolutely I gotta say when you go to a bigger con and you're kind of like what mysterious corporation is running yes, this? Right. Yes. And then what's the motive? Also, what's the motivation? Yeah. What's the motivation? Oh yeah. And yeah. It's, it's the Umbrella Corp. Exactly. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is what I like about um, All Star Comic Con. It's very like a con family, and they have that feel, and they want to keep that feel. And Mike and Kevin, absolutely. I mean, they. That, oh that's yeah. It. That's why yeah. I signed up when they. I came last year just as a guest. Loved it. Had yeah. so much fun. And then the moment they put out the word that they were accepting vendor applications, I was 
was like, we're doing this yeah, family. Yeah. And I just, I got the table before I even asked the family. So I, yeah. I know how you feel being part of the community. Is we amazing. opened the uh, con last year. They actually, yeah. actually blew his, the, the Viking horn. horn. Oh, that is amazing. so loud. It, it was great. That's amazing. All right. So let's talk bigger picture pop culture. You can't only like Vikings. I'm sure you love other stuff. Oh, yeah. But look at this. Well, let's see. This is uh, Game of Thrones. Oh, Game of Thrones. Targaryen. Yeah. Walking all Dead. All right, all right. What else I, do you guys I, like? Uh, <laughs> I like the Sami, the Finns. They're okay. The um, Slavs and the Rus. <laughs> <laughs> um, they're all okay, too. You know, but Dane all the way. What, uh, all right, so are there other comic fandoms that are here represented that you're like, oh, I'm going to check out that. I'm going to go, I'm going to hit up the, the 501st and hang out with the Star oh, yeah. Wars guys. Or, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we saw them. We see them at a yeah. couple of conventions, and we know always chat with them. Yeah. What about what about you, sir? You yeah, I actually got my picture with my Imperial shield, oh, my Imperial Viking shield with the 501st. Oh, that's I amazing. actually got one with Darth Vader, you know, in my full attire. That's incredible. I mean, I, I'm a big Star Wars geek. I, I grew up on it. Um, I also also read comics as a kid, you know, and I may not be up on some of this anime stuff and, and the newer stuff, but I still appreciate it, yeah. you know, because it's nostalgic no matter what, you know, and it's, it's, it brings like, it's a family, you know, I mean, I could not know you, but here we're sitting together like, you know, I got somebody from like Naruto sitting next to someone in Viking and we're just drinking, <laughs> and, talking and having a good time. That's and amazing. you know what? It's a mashup too, because when I, I started off doing conventions, but then when I met Eric and a couple of other reenactors, you know, there's cosplay and then there's reenactors. So there was always right. that battle exactly. between, oh, we want that authenticity of, you know, the Viking culture. But then you have the, the comic book side, you know, with Thor. So just seeing that mashup and bringing those two worlds together is awesome. So I'm going to reference a film. Uh, I hope you guys you have time, right? Because yeah. uh, we're having so much fun doing this. I'm gonna, <laughs> we're definitely way over what we normally do for these <laughs> segments. Um, a film that I really love, and when you were talking about the mixing of cultures, I was actually wondering if this was also a Norse thing. Do you remember this film called The 13th Warrior? Yes. Yes. Uh, Antonio Banderas, right? Banderas. Yeah. Who seems like an odd choice. I kind of like that well, movie. It actually wasn't. Okay. But yeah, that, um, okay. Because the guy yeah, here's, here's the background right, story. Exactly, so, yeah, tell right. us, okay. I, so if you can, I, I love that yeah. movie, and I would love your take on the real sure. history of a movie. Okay, first off, it was a novel, based on a novel, Eaters of the Dead, written by Michael Crichton, I think. Crichton, right, Crichton? Michael Crichton, okay. yeah. Jurassic Park. And, yeah, uh, so they turned it into a movie, and they changed it to the 13th Warrior. Okay, everything that you see in the movie is based on writings that we have from an Arabic or Persian ambassador that was involved with the Norsemen. Most of our um, references that we get of the Norse culture is actually from the Arabic um, Empire at the time, or the Persian Empire, That's because they were the ones that were actually writing things down and keeping actually notes and documenting stuff. So most of that movie is actually based on historical documents that they found in Arabic or Islamic writings. Because at the time of the Norse culture, um, when the movie was supposed to be portraying, the Norsemen and the Islamic culture were actually very good friends because militarily they both matched each other. Then they realized wow. that instead of let's fight each other, let's become traitors. So wow. they would actually establish trading posts 
in each of the countries or each of the countries that the Islamic Empire occupied and the Norse uh, culture occupied. So they actually um, were very good friends and, and socially exchanged stuff. And so him being outcasted um, from the Islamic culture was a common practice back then, and as punishment being sent up to the Norsemen. Oh, now, wow. whether the uh, mystical side that the vulva, which is actually the, the witch that they call in the movie, is actually true, um, may be possible, may not be possible, because she says that the 13th warrior cannot be a Norse man. So the only way to equate it to an American understanding is the King Arthur legend. Ah, okay. You know, and um, there's actually a bunch of sagas that are actually written in Norse mythology that actually tell stories like this of interactions with other cultures and like different journeys and different stuff. And um, some of the, and, and I may go out on a limb, but there's even one saga that if you read it shows similarities to Star Wars. Ah, I wouldn't put it past that. You mean, know, Lucas and then, loved that historical yeah. stuff. And then Beowulf. Beowulf. Right, right. You know, and yeah. then you know, Bahala. That yeah. was a good movie as yeah. well. And then oh, anything cool. written by um, Tolkien. You know, oh, yeah, and yeah. even now the guy, um, I'm terrible with names, but the guy from Game of Thrones, George, George R. R. Martin, he's even admitting that he was influenced by Nordic and stuff like oh, that. Oh yeah, you can see it. In and a lot. even even video games, Skyrim, Elder Scrolls. You know, you got all this stuff to where the Norse culture is being subtle in the background and becoming a major role, but you're not looking at it like that. That's so cool. Well, Eric, the Everyday Viking. Kelly, the producer of VikingsCon. Thank you so much for your time. Thank, Thank you, you so much for enriching our audience with all of this yeah. incredibly important information. And and we hope we hope folks check out VikingsCon. And for yeah. legitimizing my obsession with the Last Kingdom and my I'm, possible like going down the rabbit hole so, of Viking so, culture. So one yeah. of the most important things that we have in Friday Night Movie is called an I Told You Show. And that's when you tell someone to watch a show and they like it, you have to declare them a genius in front of everybody that's on the show. That's you can see on yeah. backdrop. There's see, a trophy. There, I, there it is. So I will now watch the show is the reigning champion and if it truly becomes a show that i love you sir will get the i told you actually show. wouldn't it be your I, sister you get how the show works never get them too, like, thank you so much for being here no problem it's so a much. pleasure thank you guys lily hi lily hi. i'm jay I explained that I a costume. Thank you so much. Now, is that technically a costume or is it a cosplay? Play. Like, do we? I right. don't. I don't. A I, costume. You cosplay with a costume. Got it. So it's a little bit of both. Okay. But so when you compliment someone's cosplay, you're co yeah. complimenting the whole thing that they've put together, not just the costume, which is the thing they're wearing. Correct. The costume, like like you could say that the suit is the costume, but the hair and the makeup and the attitude is the cosplay. Right. I, yeah. I guess it's okay. also the the being in character. Yes. And I like I even though I try to make sure that my characters are very uh, specific to the character, I'm duplicating. If you look at my card, I've got a, a, a classic Elastigirl and an 
on the back, I've got a Zero Suit Samus, which okay. I do very, I work very hard to be like perfectly matched to the character, but I don't like run around calling myself Samus, got and it. I don't call myself Helen, you know, yeah. uh, but I do, you know, pose and try to, you know, uh, the, the best thing is when kids come up to you and they, they just want to get a picture with you because they just love the character. And uh, they might think you, you're real, too. And they might think you're that's real. That's amazing. Well, so here we are. We're mid-conversation. We're at the Friday Night Movie exhibit with Jay, also known as Jasmine Cosplays. That's right. And um, who you can check out on Instagram at Jazz, J-A-Z-R-A-E 22. That's right. And following Jay right is, now as we speak. Following right now as we speak. And Jay is here to, is in an incredible, a gorgeous um Jean Grey, 90s era costume with the headband and the flowing red hair. Honestly, that is my era of X-Men that I loved most. I loved that particular Jean Grey. I loved, she was the leader, I think, of the Blue Squad right. uh, um, uh, that had her and Storm. Right. And um, so let's just start talking X-Men and Jean Grey. All right. Why do you, why do you attach yourselves to the 90s X-Men and specifically Jean from that era? Uh, I get to the 90s X-Men because that was when I really started following the X-Men. I, I came in through it through Excalibur, so, you know, Captain oh, wow. Britain and Nightcrawler and and, uh, and Dark Phoenix, or not Dark Phoenix, but uh, Rachel Summers, Phoenix number two. Uh, so I kind of backed into the regular X-Men. It was right about the time that they split into the blue and gold teams, X-Men and Uncanny X-Men. So I was I was getting all, and then, of course, Gen Gen kid, Generation X came out at that time. You know, so there's like a whole new generation of X-Men that they were like finally moving away creating new characters, and I have my own superhero characters that I created in the, in, with role-playing games, and I write stories about them, and I have my own setting. Uh, so I really got into the characters, and it's because it was like a big soap opera, but with superpowers. That's true. That particular era of X-Men, there was a lot of love and relationships, mm -hmm. and Cyclops, he's with Jean Grey, but he was always off being tempted by Psylocke, right? right. That was the, I remember that And theme. of course, Wolverine was with, with, with Jean for Dream, a little while. Yeah. And that was the time that Scott and Jean finally got married. Uh, with, you know, the big wedding a issue. A real Jean, not, real not Jean, a clone. Not Madeline, exactly. Which, again, it's just twisted. And uh, it was also the time that uh, uh, Magneto came back and pulled all the adamantium out of Wolverine. Oh, right. And I remember, that was the first time that a comic book actually made me gasp out loud when I turned How the page. How old were you, more or less? Well, right now I'm 44. Well, I don't mean now. I mean, <laughs> when you, in that moment? Uh, I was uh, 17 or 18 years old. I mean, that's pretty cool. It was. That, like, comics, because it's not, I think maybe people... I mean, maybe not at this Comic-Con, but think like, well, it's for like teenagers, 12-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 13-year-olds, but I mean, obviously into adulthood, but at like 18, 17, 18, where a comic can make you like gas like a novel would. Exactly. You know, and that's well, awesome. And that's the thing is that there's no age limit on what what you're passionate about. You know, if you enjoy uh, going skiing, then you should always ski. If you enjoy right. fishing, you should always fish. So why do we have to give up comic books? Why do we have to give up video games? Why do we have to give up role-playing games? games. If we love it and it gives a, and, and it, it relieves our stress and whatever, we should always be allowed to do it. So that's actually one of the mottos of what we've created here because uh, my, my avatar is Pancake for the Table and the whole concept of Pancake for the Table is so you might not be able to eat a whole stack of pancakes every time you go to a diner anymore, but right. then at least get a pancake for the table so you can keep connecting to that pancake and then share it a little bit. I like and that. And so that is the, the basically like your, yeah, your philosophy it, of life. Yeah, exactly. My, it is my philosophy of life. Pancake for the All table. I like to say, you ever know when you're like eating a box of cookies and you're not really paying attention, and then then you reach in and there's no more cookies left, yeah. and you didn't get that last cookie enjoyment, right? Yeah. 
Well, I say eat every cookie as if it were the last cookie. That is a great. That's a really ooh, great philosophy. Is, that's that not we, mine. That's from Rick Reynolds. But okay. Still. I love that we're. I love that we're getting Thank deep you. here. All right. Let's talk a little bit more about X Men. So, did you watch the cartoon in the night? See, I I had just gotten out of the out of. Saturday morning cartoons. I had joined the Navy and I was overseas, and the broadcast, the broadcasting overseas, because I'm a retired military journalist. So the wow. way we did television and stuff was like about two years old okay. for, the, for the stuff that people were watching overseas in the military and their families. So it's like I leave here, I go over there. Like for instance, when I let, when I went to boot camp in two, 1995, Sliders had just come out. Oh wow, I remember. Like sliders. literally, it Jerry premiered. Right? Yes, it premiered, and then I went to boot camp. I, I go through boot camp. I go through school. A year later, I'm in Spain. Another year later, Sliders premieres overseas in Spain. <laughs> at my Basically so, my life. I was in Spain. Yeah, I got right back into it. Lily over here lives Lily's in Spain, Spain. actually. Oh, the fantastic. Where at? Uh, in the Canary Islands. Okay, yeah, I was in Rota. Oh, wow. Yeah, for two years. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So we get movies late, too, still. Yeah, and, yeah. I, and again, that's when I really, I, I used to watch a lot of HBO as a kid and Showtime and recorded a lot of movies. So when I got overseas, I was renting a lot of movies and then making copies of them and, <laughs> You know, and then it just became part of my collection. That's incredible. Okay, well, why don't we play a little bit of the Well, Friday can I add you as a question? Yes. How do you choose the characters to cosplay? Uh, for me, it's about both looking like the character, but also... I was going to say, there's a striking resemblance. Thank you. Like... But now it's not required. I mean, the thing... I tell people, sure, but if I'm you love a character, regardless phenomenally of... Phenomenally amazed. Thank you. If you love a character, regardless of how much you look like them, you could be a different race, you could be a different height, you could be a different gender. If you love the character, cosplay them. And you don't need to have a lot of money. You could do it right out of your closet and just say That's you're awesome. casual Iron Man. But I feel you know? like there's like some, there's gotta be, I mean, I'm not in, I don't cosplay, but I feel like just from witnessing it, there seems to be such high standards and people can go really out and they crazy really can. and maybe intimidate other it does. people. I was really intimidated at first because uh, I was going to conventions with a friend who was an artist and I was helping him out at his table. And then finally another convention comes up. I says, hey, could I cosplay? He goes, sure. I was like, could I cosplay a woman? And he's like, I don't care. So I showed up as Zero Suit Samus, and I was worried because I'd bought it online. Uh, I bought the wig. I, you know, I was worried that people were going to give me a hard time about, oh, you didn't make that yourself. You didn't design that. No, people loved it. I have several other oh, cosplay friends. They don't make any of their own suits. They have. Right. They, they farm okay, them out. So to it people. doesn't have to be. No, I say that I'm a project manager. I come up with the idea, and I make me come up with little tweaks and such. But I farm it out to people who are much more talented than <laughs> I am, and then I make it look good. Because it's about the essence of it. Yes, it's about enjoying who you are enjoying the character. Uh, I may not have watched this Jean Grey on, on TV, but I identify with the strong, independent uh, attitude of her. I also do uh, Dark Phoenix. Oh, wow. Nice. Which right, is so the other side of Jean Grey. Which is the other side, and I'm working on Green Phoenix as well, and my tailor is. Uh, oh, I, nice. Same, and I, I, I noticed over time I was doing a lot of strong, independent female characters. You know, I'm not doing Mrs. Incredible. I do classic Elastigirl. Right. You know, got so she it. was like before she right. got married. Before she was married. Right. right. Yeah. You know, also, you know, Catwoman, who's kind of can be by herself. Uh, Samus Aran, who is a strong sound oh, man. type. That's the character from Metroid, just saying. Yeah. That. You remember yeah. me playing mm -hmm. that video yeah. game when we were little? Oh, yeah. man. Yeah, and it's like, when I was looking through, what could I do, what could I do? And then there was Samus, and I was like, in. I'm, I'm full out. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, so yeah. I, I went to, like, my first five conventions as Samus, and I got known as the tall Samus. 
pajamas. <laughs> and that was the other <laughs> thing amazing. with the gender issue. You know, people they see me and they're just like, you just you look gorgeous. You know, yeah. I, I do look don't amazing. think gender applies here. I think, yeah, it shouldn't. And I think that yeah, gorgeous is just gorgeous. <laughs> it was the beginning of my transgender journey for myself. I mean, I was 41 years old. I had just retired from the military. Wow. Uh, I was having trouble with my wife, but I was ready to explore that maybe there's more to me than just you know, a tie and slacks. And uh, I, I'd always kind of played with the idea of dressing up. And I said, I can go to a convention dressed as a woman and be accepted. And it worked. And, and it really helped me find my inner confidence uh, wow. as a woman. And now I'm actually gender fluid. So I, at work, I show up sometimes in a dress and sometimes in a tie. And I, tell, oh I teach adult, adult students. And I tell them, look, day one, I mix J. Stilopec. Sometimes it's sir, sometimes it's ma'am. You should be able to tell the difference. And you can use whatever pronoun falls out of your face. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Wow. That is amazing. That's incredible. I think. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you. I'm really lucky to working uh, for the DOD, the Department of Defense, and that things haven't changed for us yet, like they've affected the military. Right. And, they, and people keep telling me, says, what do you care about the military transgender ban? You may be transgender, but you're not in the military. I says, oh, I'm just retired military, pulling down a retired pension, and working, living and working on a military base, teaching military personnel. I have nothing to worry about. And they're kind of like, oh yeah, maybe uh, we should look into that. Right. Oh, wow. So I'm just, I'm just hoping we can get back to the way things were two years ago. Fascinating. Really and quick. Now, we, and I think it's so interesting also that X-Men is part of your journey because mm -hmm. X-Men really is one of the things that as a little kid, I really put issues of tolerance yes. and intolerance in my face. There was an X-Men comic that I got from David Rebo. Remember David Rebo? Mm -hmm. When I was probably eight or nine years old, maybe 10. Uh, I was probably a little bit older. Anyways, 10 or 11. Yeah. God Loves, Man Kills. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. It's, it's old 80s. It was like a single issue special. And it was this, it was very much harshly dealing with the whole notion of, I, I guess more so racism in the case of X-Men, but sure. about the, how dangerous it can be when things get out of hand right. and how much the X-Men and the tolerance associated with the X-Men and the mutants was an important message. And it's totally, you know, as a little kid, it kind of flipped my paradigm of how I viewed X-Men as not just a bunch of cool characters with awesome powers, right. but actually this bigger, deeper thing. And I mean, and there, I mean, I, I didn't read them as a kid, but but even just as a young adult watching the movies, um, the not the like the newer ones that are prequels, but the one with right. uh, Hugh Jackman, those right. ones. You know, the, I mean, they're the way that they're persecuted in the movies as a, a whole group. Exactly. But they're all individually super different, and they have enemies within themselves. But then there's an entire rest of the world that persecutes them, right. regardless of who they are and which team they're on. Yeah. And that I think is super important. It's very important yeah. to, to promote that tolerance and and even though people are different, and I think X-Men takes it to an extreme, says yes, we're different and we're also we're more powerful than the average person, which scares people. And right. the thing is, is that I think that's still relevant today because that's you've really got uh, you know the LGBT community and uh, all these people, of course, finally stepping up and standing out. And I say, stand up, stand out, stand together. And uh, you do that, and now all the white heterosexual males are like, wait, we're, you know, you're taking away our power subconsciously. They get upset because they, they suddenly realize they're not the center of attention anymore. And as a white, formerly heterosexual male, <laughs> I, I understand that privilege that I had. It was an, an invisible privilege. Basically, no one was ever fired from their job for being a white male. Right. 
right. a straight white male. Right. You know, so it's like if they're fired. So, well, I'm a straight white male and I was fired. Were you incompetent? Well, yeah. That's then it's the same. That's what's different there. Fascinating. Well, Jay. Thank you so much for being here with Thank us. Thank you so much. Jasmine Cosplays. Phenomenal Check Jay out at J-A-Z-R-A-E 22 on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. we can't wait to and Facebook and we can't wait to keep following you and thank you so much for being part thank of the Friday so Night Movie family. Thank you so much. I look forward to getting involved in the future. Yay. Here we are, Friday Night Movie Podcast Exhibit Booth with Hansel, who Hansel. is yep. a a fitness guru Thanks. Uh, who owns the Crowbar Gym right. in, Leesburg. in Leesburg in Leesburg and we're going to talk a little bit about that but first we're going to talk some pop culture because okay, we're here good. at the pop culture celebration of All-Star Comic Con cool. Hansel I want you to pick a card from the Friday Night Movie home game this one right here yeah and then we're going to talk about so it says top three that's stuck to your head that's amazing that's very athletic so top three yes top three um, jacked actors. So actors who like their physical fitness impresses even someone like you. Uh, Wesley Snipes, I think he was. He Blade. He did uh, great. Oh there. yeah, Wesley Snipes uh, and Blade. Awesome. Yeah. Old uh, school. Do you know that guy who did Ty Bo? He was in a movie. I forget his name. Billy something. Billy. Um, oh my God. Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks. Okay. Billy Blanks. Billy Blanks. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say it. I mean, I really like Van Damme. He's come back a, lo oh, yeah. a long way. You know what I'm saying? Van I mean, he, he did get into a fight with his bodyguard, who was a Hell's Angel. Okay. There yeah, you I'm go. not sure if you remember that. Uh, I, I just remember a lot of things about Van Damme when he kind of came well, off. Of I, I, I think he was doing. Uh, I think he was uh, up in the clouds a little bit. Exactly. Much. Billy so Blanks now, was in the Last Boy Scout. Now, now if you're exactly now if was. you are a Van Damme fan, yeah. can we talk a little Van Damme movies? I, I I loved him from the beginning, and then after that, when he kind of de his decline. But yeah. I like him now again. You don't have to go past Time Cop. Okay, right? cool. If cool. you don't want to. Okay. And Lily loves Time Cop. Bloodsport. They put him on the map, I think. Yeah, yeah. For me. So, let's take the next card, and we're going to talk Van Damme. Okay. All right. Ooh, oh, you lost a card there. MVP. MVP. All right. So, Van Damme villains. Wow. Who is your MVP? Van Damme. You don't have to know the name. Or MV, MVV, Most Valuable well, villain. villain. Of all the villains he's fought, who has been the well, one? Well, he did that. Well, he, well, technically it wasn't Bloodsport. I don't think that was. He, you know, uh, Bolo Young, right, was his name? That was the bad guy. But I, he wasn't. He was a good bad guy, but he, I don't really think he was a bad guy to me. When he did that uh, kickboxing movie. Kickboxer. That kickboxer. That's, I forget the guy's name. Okay, I don't But know. he was awesome, and that's a bad guy. Okay, that's yeah. amazing. He puts, he puts Ambach to shame. Okay. You know Ooh, Ambach. 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 Ambach the Thai oh, Warrior. Man. Oh, yeah. That's a great that movie. Brought it, you know, those guys get, they took it, they took one for the team, bro. Blacklisted, probably. Really? Just like Jackie Chan. Yeah, they're getting hit in the face, man. Oh. They, one was wearing a helmet with a fro, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. got hit right in the head. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's amazing. Now, did you see the Raid movies, Raid Redemption? Yeah, I have seen them. Yeah. Wait, wait, those are two of my favorite those, those, I think it's made by the same producer or, or something that's people that work the same way. So it's definitely down my alley. I think that was really good. Okay. Took it to a whole new level. All right, that's incredible. Okay, now, if you had to train yes. a particular person, we're going to segue into talking about your incredible training method here. Uh -huh. 
Which actor would you want to train? And Steven Seagal. Steven Seagal. I would because really? I, yeah, because he's. Ch I think he he has it very opinionated. He's very challenging, probably to work with. He's up in, you know, he thinks he probably knows a lot, and he does. Don't get me wrong, he does know a lot. But his, he could definitely, honestly, he could definitely do better with his physical stature. Oh, that's you amazing. Know? And then, you know, and he, and you can. And a lot of people make fun of him running. You know what I'm saying? So and it's, that's cool. I have no problem with him running. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Yeah. And, but I think a lot of it, he can do a comeback if he just got into shape. Remember, he w did an American movie, got back into shape. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And my system's so easy, man. It's all honestly, right. So tell us about the system. Let's look, go. So all he had to do is come twice a week, then do his. It's perfect for athletes. So he can just keep doing his martial arts. But at the end of the day, it's a balance between technically uh, hormones and and so with uh, with ARX, pretty much what you're doing is uh, you're doing high intensity training. So it's a lot of time on the load. You do your whole body. Do it once or twice a week. Most people can do first time when they do it. Twice a week is better. Once a week, once you get more accustomed to it, you put on a lot of muscle. Your your body just like a big furnace. And then after that, boom, you're set. You just have, and then you eat carbs. That's amazing. You know? And if you yeah, eat carbs, so like, like pizza, you can have pizza, but you have to make it a certain way. Oh, okay. So I'm saying, so a lot of it you're taking. The, so at the end of the day, you're taking technically the saturated fat out of the deal. Oh, okay. You know what I'm saying? So like for example, milk is bad. Okay. okay. Talk to Dr. McDougall. He's big time. He's a big. Uh, I'm not sure if you ever heard of that guy. Uh, um, no, but I'm pretty sure I've I'll get heard into it before that day. milk is bad. Yeah, milk is, is bad. bad, exactly. <laughs> a lot of saturated fat is bad. So, uh, but at the end of the day, you're not going to go hungry. Most people fail their diet because at the end of the day, they're on calorie restriction. I tell people, eat more. Okay. No, I'm not joking. Eat more. eat more potatoes, eat more rice, eat more real food. Ooh, I like potatoes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You can <laughs> her, even air fry them, brother. Her husband, her husband, oh, you can air fry I wanted an oh, air fryer. Oh, yeah, dude, you don't have to use oil. Allie, you we're air getting an air fryer. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have another guest in a but second. But instead of with lifting weights, I use an electric motor and an algorithm. So you see everything you put out on the on the screen. So when you look at this thing right here, this has a screen on it. And you can see that little screen right there. It shows you exactly how much you're lifting, your negative and your positives, and how hard you're pushing. That's incredible. So this is at the Crowbar Gym this is at in, the Leesburg in Leesburg with Hansel. Look him up. Yep. Get jacked like yep. Wesley Snipes. Not and, and, and if you're Steven Seagal, I know you're listening. I know you are. Go find, go find Hansel <laughs> at the for Crowbar you, Gym. Take care, <laughs> man. Thank you so much for being here. So this has been another episode of the Friday Night Movie Podcast. You can follow all of the Friday Night Movie shenanigans at Friday Night Movie on Twitter and Instagram or FridayNightMoviePod.com. You can follow Lily at Chichi K Gomez. That's C H I C H I K Gomez on Twitter. You can follow Becky at Paper BK Princess on Twitter. You can follow me at Pancake for Table. That's Pancake, the number four, and Table on Twitter and Instagram. And our theme music is by What Does It Eat? Thanks as always for listening.
It's Hagar. It's Hagar, okay. You know, if you're Norse? It's Norse, you actually, um, it's it's pronounced a little bit differently. You actually wouldn't pronounce the last R, so it'd be Haga. Haga. Yeah. Haga. Yeah. Awesome. So it's, it's and, and he doesn't, or, the cartoon was funny. I just didn't like the fact that he had horned helmets. You oh, because they didn't really yeah, have horned they helmets? They drank from them. They didn't wear them. You know? They drank from horns or drank from horned helmets? Drank horns. from horns. Oh, they right. didn't have. Yeah. they didn't have horned helmets. No. No kidding. Oh, you, you turn your head on a boat, you're going to be poking out your uh, shipmate. <laughs> That's totally true. Okay, we're going to get started. We're going to just talk. We're going to do, we're going to talk Vikings.